What's up, everybody? This is Justin Flinner coming to you live from Northern Virginia with the Justin Flinner Podcast by My Mentor Medicine. Today in Washington, D.C., in the surrounding areas, Virginia, Northern Virginia, where I live, we had a ton of rain in a very short period of time, and especially over the July 4th weekend, and there was tons of flooding as well. I mean, so much so that the uh, one of the metro stations, one of the roof tiles underground had broke, or ceiling tiles underground had broke open, and there was water pouring in through the ceiling, trains just driving right through it like they were driving through a waterfall. It was pretty insane. You can find it on Twitter if you'd like. Uh, Just search uh, DC flooding metro, something like that. In seeing all the rainfall and all of the, uh, the last few days, it got me to thinking about the relationships in oriental medicine and what water can do and how it can make you feel inside. So for example, When there's a rainy day, a lot of us will feel as though we're a little tired, a little sluggish, a little weighed down. So like the weight of the water falling from the sky is making us feel even heavier. The dampness in the air, the humidity. So the key word there though is actually dampness for those of you who are familiar with oriental medicine. So dampness is through the lens of oriental medicine considered a pathogen, a pathogen of external origin. Although it can be developed inside, it is related to the external environment. So if we think of, again, rain, humidity, the heaviness of water, sometimes even on a very, very humid day, you feel as though you barely want to move around. But there are days also that we don't have to have a lot of uh, humidity per se in relationship to heat. We could just have a lot of rainfall. So the same thing, precipitation from the sky coming down, landing on us, making us uh, feel heavy, even if we feel wet. Uh, Even if we go outside in the rain and we do get a little bit wet, the same sensation will occur. The water will seep into our body, we'll feel a little bit sluggish, we don't want to move very much. Uh, And ultimately, this can be tied in with our emotions as well. There are emotions that will make us feel sluggish. They will slow us down. We won't have enough energy to move forward to do the next thing. Why? Because, well, number one, maybe we just don't have enough. Or number two, we don't want to waste it. Or number three, we're not quite sure how to use it. So dampness can be found in many forms. And inside of the human body, we view dampness as an obstruction through the lens of oriental medicine. We see it as something that could potentially be in the way, cause obstructions, uh, prevent things from flowing smoothly. And the result of that is because an organ system or organ systems are not functioning properly to process the fluids within our body. So we have different consistencies of fluid within our body, some which are very thin, like your tears, some of which are very thick, like the fluids that reside inside of our joints, for example. These fluids need to be transformed properly, and not just transformed, but they also need to be sent out through the body properly. When the organ system that is specifically responsible for those two functions, for transforming and transporting, are not working properly, when that organ system is not functioning properly, then we have fluids that aren't moving properly. Therefore, we feel sluggish. 
So let's come back to the connection between our emotions and this feeling of heaviness or this dampness that can be generated inside of our bodies. When you emotionally are not able to feel the way you want, when you are stuck in an emotion such as anger or sadness or grief or depression or regret, if we want to consider that an emotion. These emotions, again, they require a specific amount of energy in order to be produced, but they also require an amount of energy in order for them to be transformed. And when something is in the way of the power of transformation, there are specific organ systems that are not functioning properly. Immediately, the one that we need to focus upon is what I mentioned earlier, which we consider to be the spleen. Now, for those of you who are new to oriental medicine, you hear me blurting out different organ systems, don't automatically think that your spleen is somehow malfunctioning, the actual organ. Then you have to go to the doctor and ask them about the health of your spleen. They're gonna look at you like, huh? What are you talking about? Oriental medicine is very different from Western medicine. Although there are a lot of connections and similarities, that's why we can now integrate them and find ways for them to work cohesively. But I want you to take your mind away from Western for right now. I want you to think, again, in terms of an organ system that is responsible for transforming things in your body and transporting them. And the label that we're going to give it here is the spleen. In order for the spleen to function properly, there is something that we need to provide it. Now, what do we need to provide something in order for things to move? Well, we can think of it, maybe there's power, maybe there's some kind of lubricant, uh, maybe there's uh, something on the other end that we need to maybe pull that stuckness or that obstruction out of the way. There are some things that we can do possibly to manipulate it. The other thing that we need to think about is maybe the internal temperature is not quite right as well. It sounds a bit abstract. Maybe it doesn't really relate to you immediately. Think of it this way. You have a fluid. You're cooking something on the stove that's an, uh, a fluid, maybe a soup or a stew. and. The consistency of it is actually quite thick. You can have that in two different ways. You can have it, number one, by maybe cooking something for a little bit too long, like if you were to cook rice on the stove and you cooked it for a little bit too long, it gets really, really thick. Well, it depends on how you're trying to cook it. If that's not the type of rice you're trying to cook, then yes, you've cooked it too long. The other way is if it sat for too long after it was cooked, you leave something on the stove overnight and you come back to it the next morning, it becomes very thick. Maybe there's a layer of fat on top. So the temperature has dropped. The consistency of the fluid within the food has now thickened. So in this case, if you are feeling slow, if you're feeling sluggish, you're feeling heavy, feeling as though you don't want to move. Maybe even emotionally you're starting to feel a little bit depressed or sad. All of these emotions, these sensations 
resemble the stew that it was sitting on the stove for too long or maybe not too long but just for a long period of time without having one key element warmth if you provide warmth to a stove in order to heat up the stew what happens to the fluid oh it starts to move a little bit better slowly as the heat increases it starts to boil and then it's back to the same form it was when you first originally cooked it inside of our bodies when our emotions begin to feel like they do on a rainy day you feel sluggish you feel heavy emotionally you feel depressed you feel lost one of the key elements in order to get you moving again to make you remove those sensations to make you feel better emotionally provide warmth now that doesn't mean you need to uh, curl up in a cozy blanket or get a hot cup of tea those things can help but those things are temporary there are other forms of warmth we can get warmth from another individual someone who shares their love with us who tries to make us smile all of these sensations or these actions these offerings allow us to generate warmth inside and there's another form of warmth that we can generate ourselves actually there are two one is you can choose a different emotion and if you remember how to get there say joy versus depression then you can generate the warmth inside of you now if that is something new to you and you're not quite sure how to do it here's an easier way the one thing that you can do to create warmth inside of you is to move move your body when you move your body what happens physiologically the blood starts to pump a little bit faster a little bit harder the heart starts to work a little bit harder to do just that and as a result you're creating warmth the muscles are moving more you're creating friction underneath your skin you're allowing the body to move more and more generating more energy and in oriental medicine we equate this type of movement this type of energy as yang you're creating a yang action to generate a yang response so if you feel heavy and sluggish if the spleen is not functioning properly maybe the one thing that you need is warmth however you decide to generate that warmth is up to you let's take one step further towards the root if the spleen and all the actions that you take is still not able to perform its functions there is another organ system that is involved and that is the one that generates the power for the rest of our body all of the functions of our body it is the engine per se it is the powerhouse as a lot of people call it and that organ system is the kidney or kidneys 
the kidneys are the organ systems of the 12, the 12 primary organ systems that connect the closest to the energy that we are born with and to the amount of energy that we have to transform everything we receive after we are born. There is a fire inside all of us. It is the fire that heats up your body when you feel a sense of purpose. It is the fire inside of you that gives you the energy to run a hundred miles. It is the fire inside of you that allows you to generate the emotions that make you feel good. This fire inside of you is the one that heats the kidneys. And the fire resides in an area that we like to call the life gate or the gate of life. Sounds like a worthy name, right? The gate of life, the Mingmen in Chinese. So this gate of life generates the warmth that warms your kidneys, which generates even more yang inside of you. And where do you think that yang goes next? Well, it finds its way into the other organ systems that are responsible for carrying out specific functions like transporting and transforming the spleen so if your spleen is not functioning in order to transform this sensation of heaviness which we equate to the pathogenic factor we call dampness this heavy sensation inside of us if we cannot move that heavy sensation away or change it into something different, even if we try to strengthen our spleen system, we must look even deeper towards the kidneys. We must utilize the sensations of warmth. And for those of you who have visited an acupuncturist sometime recently or in the past, you may have heard of the term moxa or moxibustion. This production of warmth using an herb either on or above the skin immediately generates a sensation of warmth inside of the body. So when circulation is not enough, when emotions are not rising high enough, when physiologically you are not able to function at the energy level or with the energy level that you think you should and you're not quite sure why, if you see an acupuncturist, chances are they will use moxa. Why? To generate warmth, to help move along the sensation of heaviness, sluggishness, the uh, thoughts that are related to say, I'm lost, I don't know what to do, I'm stuck in my thoughts, I can't quite figure out what it is that I need to do next. If you're not sure where to go, the one thing you need to do is take your first step. So the kidneys are a part of an element that we call the water element. So I know I'm giving you a lot of information, but this is all relevant. They're all connected. All of these organ systems, all of these elements, all of these emotions, everything in oriental medicine is connected. That's why acupuncturists have a very unique way to treat the human body. This is relative to the season of winter. Now, why is it relative to the season of winter? 
Well, because if you look at a body of water that's very, very calm, it's very hard to see what is underneath the surface, especially if the body of water is very deep. If it is shallow, no problem. Maybe you can see it. But if it is very deep, we don't know what is under the surface. Maybe the very surface, yes, but once you get deeper and deeper and deeper, it becomes darker and darker and darker. So in winter, this is similar. Why? Because in the winter season, we don't know, in the past at least, now we do, but we don't know if we have enough food to make it through winter. We don't know if we have enough supplies to let us survive through the winter. Now what season comes after winter? Obviously spring. So for spring, what is the one thing we need in order for plants to start to grow out of the ground? Well, of course we need what? The snow to melt and for the temperature to increase. Now what did I say before? You need warmth to transform things, to transport things. And this warmth is also necessary for us to move into the next element, from water into wood. And the element of wood is connected to the actions that you take, the choices that you make. Can you make the decisions in your life to get out of the emotions that you feel stuck in? Can you move away from depression? Can you move out of anger? Can you move towards joy, towards the emotions that make you feel good, that make you feel whole, that make you feel connected to others? If you can do that, then you can certainly move from element to element, from organ system to organ system, from season to season. But if you can't, remember that if you feel stuck, the one thing that you can attempt to provide in this type of a situation is warmth. Warmth from other people, warmth from moxa, warmth from movement, from whatever form that you can generate it from. But ultimately, the choice is yours. So to close out this podcast, remember that when you feel stuck in a certain emotion, whether it's a rainy day or whether it's a beautiful day, if you feel as though emotionally you're having trouble getting out of a particular feeling inside, if you feel physiologically that things aren't working properly inside of you. Things are slow, sluggish. You don't have the energy that you had before. Maybe you should find a way to balance that equation. That is ultimately what we do as acupuncturists, is find a way to rebalance what is out of balance, to bring it back into alignment so that it functions properly. So my last message to you in this podcast is, yes, you can change how you feel. You have the power inside of you to transform how you feel, how you think, how you act. Do not ever blame something, 
someone, anything. Do not blame anyone. And above all, do your best not to complain. Make the choice to transform yourself so that you can transport yourself to a new way of living, a new way of being in this world. You have the power inside of you. We all have this power inside of us. Let's work together to make the right choice, the wise choice, the choice that will serve us and the people in our lives. Let's set an example together. That's all I have for you this time. I'm Justin Flinner, and this is the Justin Flinner Podcast by MyMenture Medicine. I'll talk to you next time. This podcast is brought to you by MyMenture Medicine an organization that is dedicated to helping people improve their lives by learning to empower themselves and take control of their own life. Any form of reproduction or distribution of this podcast is strictly prohibited. Should you have any questions on using this podcast or information that is contained within this podcast, please write to info at mymetromedicine.com.